Welcome to the Thriving Forward podcast. Now to introduce your hosts. Hi, I'm Megan Laspinera. I'm the founder and executive director of Kids Thrive 585 Inc. and a pediatrician in Rochester, New York. And I'm Sarah Collins McGowan. I'm also a pediatrician here in Rochester, and I teach community health and advocacy to pediatric residents. In each episode, we will speak with people involved in good works and projects in the greater Rochester area. We hope that by introducing you to these inspirational people and their stories, you will be motivated to learn more about these amazing organizations in our region and the fabulous people who keep them working. Hey everyone, it's Sarah, and today I'm talking with Dr. Sandy G. Dr. G is an associate professor of pediatrics at the University of Rochester and an environmental health scholar in the New York State Children's Environmental Health Network. Next month, she'll become the co-director of the Finger Lakes Children's Environmental Health Center at Galasano Children's Hospital. Dr. G, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> so we always start with a little icebreaker question. Um, that's just what's something that you've been into lately? Any interests or hobbies or, or anything new? Um, I feel like this time of year, there are so many good things to do in Rochester. So I always really like apple picking. But this year, we actually have four apple trees in our front yard, and we got so many apples this year. So we did not go to the apple farm, which we usually do, but we picked so many apples. I brought them to clinic and give them to people. I make apple crisps pretty much every weekend. (laughs) So that's something I'm enjoying before it gets cold. That sounds delicious. Did you plant them all yourselves? Yeah, my husband did. I really cannot take credit. He does all the gardening and I just do all the eating (laughs) and the picking. But um, it's kind of a pain, I think, to do the apple trees because we don't put any pesticides and sprays on them. And so we try to pick it before the deer come. And um, this year he put sort of a wildflower patch right underneath the apples. And I don't know if that made the apples grow better or not, but this year we got so many apples. Um, Well, tell us a little bit about what the Finger Lakes Children's Environmental Health Center is. Yeah. Um, Thank you for um, asking us. Uh, We are one of seven um, New York State Children's Environmental Health Centers. So we're part of a network. Uh, University of Rochester represents the Finger Lakes area and 15 counties. So it's a really large area. And one thing we're really trying to focus on in the upcoming years to reach all the members of the different counties. I feel like in recent years, we've really focused a lot of effort in um, Monroe County, which is great because there's so much need. And we are here as a service for the community and for healthcare providers or for community-based agencies, people who have questions around or about um, environmental health issues. So it's very broad because um, environment could be anything, right? And so I think traditionally our site has focused a lot on lead because we work closely with one of the uh, community partners around lead. Um, But also we, because of Dr. Lawrence, who was one of the original co-directors and her work with the Lactation Study Center and her prior work for many decades with the Poison Control Center have answered a lot of questions around medication um, usage, especially in lactation and pregnancy. So that's a lot of what we, we end up doing. So the different sites seem to kind of have different areas of, of expertise, but we also take more general questions 
around things like mold or pesticides. And we're trying to educate the community and provide resources about that. But I have to admit, I myself did not know that much about it. You know, in my medical training, I never had any formal training around environmental health. And for me, I think of the environment as also including the social environment. So my interest is really about adverse childhood experiences or ACEs and toxic stress and how that environment contributes to um, child development. So I think a lot about that. And I always kind of push that into cases that we discuss. Um, so that's, that's pretty much what we do. I mean, right now we're a little bit limited in our hands-on outreach. So in past years, we've gone to health fairs and provided a lot of resources. Now we're going more um, to community-based agencies and groups and giving them material and some free hand sanitizer so people want stuff like that. We just purchased a bunch of pens and hand sanitizer and things like that to help promote you know, good health practice. Um, and we have a lot of um, new materials around COVID and cleaning and how to have a healthy home. Um, so we are really trying to be very broad but and inclusive. So sometimes it is a little bit overwhelming for us because environment seems like it includes everything and kind of does. So, so you serve as a resource center, obviously, for families and for clinicians, too. And then it sounds like you have, like, a pretty big educational outreach component also. Mm-hmm. And then is there a research component, too? or I'm interested in research, but it's not, um, not everybody has the same interest, I would say. So we are currently working on a new not really research project, sort of a, um, a, a new development related to COVID because a lot of patients have been at home. And so across network sites, we've had a number of meetings to try to develop protocols around um, home-based asthma visits to give a, um, a consultation and advice around environmental health. And, you know, as research projects come up, um, you know, I I like to do that kind of thing. So we last year had a really interesting case around lead and it just really was important. So I'm now teaching the med students about that, but now we summarize that as a case report and that's going to be um, published in the next year. So, you know, as we have interesting cases and um, if we can do research, um, we'd like to do that. And then you mentioned medical students. um, And, you know, I would agree that I didn't have a lot of this training either in medical school or residency. Um, So is is that different now? I I mean, is there more of this that is incorporated right into the medical student curriculum? We're trying. So we um, historically general pediatrics, I'm part of the division of general pediatrics, had not had any formal teaching time with the third year medical students in their rotation. So um, in the past year, Muffy Solinger has done a great job of revamping the whole um, medical student curriculum for third years. So we have two hours to teach everything in general fees. And so I'm one of the, um, the three faculty who have kind of taken that on. And in those two hours, I put 40 minutes of environmental health. So I kind of made an argument, even though it's not something that 
is tested on their shelf exam in any explicit way, I think it's really important that medical students leave the University of Rochester with a broader understanding of what health is and what children's environmental health is. So we try to, I feel like it is very important to um, provide opportunities for medical students and residents to really learn and understand and to be enthusiastic because they're the future. I mean, I feel like I've done training with my colleagues, but once you've been in practice for many years, sometimes people aren't, not that they're not willing to learn, but they're kind of set in their ways. And I feel like medical students and residents, really, they are the future of medicine. So it's very exciting to have the opportunity to work with them. Now, so Children's Environmental Health Day is on October 8th. And can you explain what that is? And do you have, you know, some events or some focuses kind of around that, around that day? Yeah, um, great question. So Children's Environmental Health Day is, I don't know why it's always on a Thursday. <laughs> it's it's um, an annual event to celebrate children's environmental health. I mean, later on in the month, there's actually lead prevention week and we have to be aware of that too. So it feels like every day is some kind of a special day, but Children's Environmental Health Day is always in October once a year. And um, at least at our site, we really try to join with our partner site. We really are a network and I'm very excited about our collaboration because it really does feel like a group of seven different institutions that really come together. So Mount Sinai is the organizing center for um, the New York State Children's Environmental Health Network. And they are having a keynote speaker from um, 8 to 9 a.m. who's the Carnival Bowl, who I believe is the head of the um, environmental health uh, group within the American Academy of Pediatrics. So um, very exciting keynote speaker. And then they have a number of panel discussions that are that morning. We in Rochester, the medical students are organizing a panel talk um, from 12 to 1 on that day. And I'm participating, I think, with some other faculty. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do for that. I'll find out by then. And then that, that week, we're trying to do a lot of different things, connecting with the community. There's a really great youth organization called Champion Academy, which we're very excited about. It was started by a former patient of ours um, in our clinic, who is a, a, a young man who grew up in the city of Rochester, a former NFL uh, Super Bowl champion on the Rams. And um, he lives in California, Roland Williams. But he comes back to Rochester um, to support this youth mentoring program that he started. And um, now it's very challenging during COVID, but I think now they're restarting in sort of a different form. So they have a, a space where they do monthly meetups. They have recruited very high risk youth and shown amazing outcomes with the mentoring that they do for those youth. And so that week of Children's Environmental Health Day, we are having a small group of us, um, medical students and residents, um, connect with them and we're going to do some teaching around environmental health um, using the science takeout kits that were developed here at University of Rochester with um, Dr. Dina Markowitz. And then we are 
going to also invite them to participate in some of these other activities. Because I really feel like, you know, it's it's great to connect with the youth in person if you can, but um, they also like have their great ideas and important voice. And so we're excited if they're able to participate with us. And in some ways, Zoom makes it more feasible because now a lot of those kids are not um, in person in school. Most of them are remote learning. So they do have the flexibility of joining to for some of these conferences. So I'm excited about that. I'm also having a social gathering with the medical students that week um, at my house. Hopefully it's not even cold and rainy. <laughs> so we're going to meet outside. And there's a very um, enthusiastic group of medical students who started their own medical student sustainability team group. And I'm very excited to work with them because they have great ideas about how we as a community um, could do a better job of um, conservation and sustainability. So, um, you know, we all need to educate ourselves, but I think it can be a very overwhelming because there's so many different things that we should do. So, you know, I think it needs to be driven by interest. Yeah, that's terrific. Okay, so I did not read your extended bio um, in the intro, but you have a pretty extensive list of credentials, <laughs> uh, including a master's in public health and a fellowship in pediatric health services research and a fellowship in integrated medicine. And I'm just wondering how all of that kind of led you to your current work in environmental health. Yeah, I think that's a really good question. I mean, I feel like um, sometimes life it just takes you on this path. And you don't really know, you know, I'm not one of those people who could ever answer that question, like, where do you want to be in five years? Where do you want to be in 10 years? Because you don't really know, right? I think you have to do, it used to annoy me because um, my fellowship director used to always say, what's your passion? And I felt like people were overusing the word passion. But as I'm getting older, I really do feel like that does drive me to do what I want to do, right? So, um, it, it's hard because I have to pull myself back and like stop doing stuff. You know, at nighttime, I'm writing back to the students and the residents and, because I'm very excited about what I do. But then it doesn't seem like hard work because I really, really enjoy it. So, um, I would, I, you know, I should get a little bit more sleep, but I really do enjoy a lot of things. So I think that that has sort of led me on this path of overtraining in many things. Like I love learning things and I love reading things. So I feel like that's the great thing about medicine. Like you're never done. You never know everything. And, um, you know, that has never held me back from, from learning more and doing more, you know, but, um, it's hard because like, it's good to get sleep and uh, like have a balanced life. So, I have always, since I've been faculty, worked part-time or, you know, not full-time on paper so that it has given me some flexibility to do some of these other things that I want to do. And, um, you know, and that's how I came to environmental health because I've been really feeling like in medicine, it's so disease-oriented and people are all about stamping out a disease. But really, I came to medicine with sort of a public health approach and feeling like, how can we as a population level look at problems and improve health? 
And I feel like in medicine, you need a more holistic approach instead of just throwing more medicine at problems, um, which sometimes is sort of a band-aid that we need to use. And so my thinking around um, specifically behavioral health has changed a lot over my practicing medicine. You know, I'm very interested in behavioral health. I think it's very important integrated within general pediatrics. But I think that so much is rooted in parenting and support for families. And so what people label and what I label on paper as ADHD is really trauma, right? And so I feel like as it's sort of my calling to educate students, residents about that, really think about what are ways that we can put a dent in that. But it's it's really hard. I mean, I, you know, like you, I've been doing this for a long time and it's very hard because I've written a lot of grants and then you start a project and it's really great and then the grant ends and then the project ends. But you can only do what you can do, right? So we can't beat ourselves up too much. Uh, you've mentioned a couple places, but um, is there a community organization in Rochester that you've worked with or, you know, um, that you've, that you've been a part of over the years that you think more people should know about? I think there are so many organizations. Um, I've done a lot of stuff with Cameron House, um, Cameron Community Ministry, and they're in the Lyle Otis neighborhood, which is not very far, right? And I have patients that I've driven home who live right there but they provide such a great service they have um three i don't know how many lunches that they give out all the time um we they have a great after school program i think they just started a team program so um what i love about them is they have this clothing house um and i don't know what availability is now but um, for families, they could go there to the dollar and go shopping and buy the clothing, household goods, and things like that. So I've often um, donated stuff from our house. We have just so much stuff, toys, and not just books and things like that, clothes and household goods. And I think families really do use that. So I've brought a lot of stuff there. I think they're a great, a great resource and great people to work with. You know, there's so many people who do really 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 good work and so then I feel like oh we have to all do a little bit more but it's hard you know it's hard I got a chance to visit um Cameron Community Ministries before COVID and they have the most amazing teen space now like the house that's next door they bought and redid and the teens all helped design it I mean it looks like it could be right out of like an HGTV like you know (laughs) it's gorgeous it's really nice I haven't seen it yeah I haven't been there in a while yeah once COVID calms down you'll have to go back and visit but yeah it's just a beautiful space and I Mm-hmm. I think, and the teens had all, you know, all the input into it and how they wanted to design it. It's very homey, but it has all the stuff that they need. And it, yeah, it's great. Absolutely. I think they do um, an annual event called the Taste of Cameron that's coming up next month. Um, so if people want to learn more about you or the Finger Lakes um, Children's Environmental Health Center, um, where should they go? We have a website. I think if you Google like Finger Lakes Children's Environmental Health Center, it will take you to our uh, URMC page. And there is an, an email and there's call members there. So um, 
community or healthcare providers can call. You know, we're we're happy to take more calls because we get a lot of calls, as we said, around lactation and, and breastfeeding, but um, we are available to take different referrals for other environmental health issues. And sometimes we get them from other um, sites too. So just say in Westchester, they focus a lot on asthma outreach. So sometimes if we get something that's a little bit complicated, we might share it with them. So Great. And we can link the website too. Um in the info about the episode. So that'll be good. Um, and then lastly, what's what's your favorite thing about Rochester? Oh, I won't say the weather in the winter time. <laughs> <laughs> I should say the summer, the summer. No, I think um, there's so many great things about Rochester. Uh, the people I think are, you know, so dedicated. And for, for things to do, I really love going to the public market and um, I think you see all kinds of people there and so many different types of foods. And I love certain things that I like to eat there. Great. Well, Sandy, thank you so much for talking with me today and for sharing about the Finger Lakes Children's Environmental Health Center. Thank you, Sarah. I really appreciate it. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Thriving Forward podcast. This podcast was brought to you by Kids Thrive 585 Inc., the Huckelman Center at the University of Rochester and Rochester Regional Health. To learn more about today's guest, head over to kidsthrive585.org and click on the podcast link. See you next time. The views, information, and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of their employers or funders.